Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchy, 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 Mitchy. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, what's a good word? How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Having a good Tuesday. How about you? We're good. We are good. We were just talking uh, quarterback, and a lot of the listeners have chimed in on what they want to see. We've kind of laid out what we think we'll see, and I know you had a chance to to hear from Coach Satterfield today on Nebraska's offense. And, Mitch, first and foremost, Nebraska is going to do everything to, to get their playmakers out on the field. That being said, what is the setup? What could be the setup for Sims and Harburg together? Well, it sounds like they're both going to be available. I would feel a lot more confident about that than I did at this time a week ago. And to hear Marcus Satterfield say today that Jeff Sims took 50 to 55% snaps, uh, presumably with the first team offense, I think that's what he means by that. He said 50 to 55% of the snaps, and um, I think. I don't think he was taking reps with the twos, so it uh, leads me to believe that they feel good about his chances to play, and you know, I think they're going to take it through the week and figure out exactly how this setup will work. So I, I, I believe that we'll see both quarterbacks, uh, Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims, at some point on Saturday. Um, hard to imagine – Sims in a significant role where he's not the starter because that's that's where he was against Colorado and and you know it was clear after that game that he had not lost the job in the eyes of the coaches so I guess my expectation right now and this may change after hearing from Matt Rule on Thursday is that most likely scenario is that we see Jeff Sims start and Heinrich Harburg also getting an opportunity in the game. Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Husker football and uh, the Husker quarterback situation as it currently stands. And Mitch, it seems to be that the the overwhelming opinion from the fans is that Heinrich Harburg should start. Do you think that matters? No, I, I, I don't think a, co- a head coach and an offensive coordinator can uh, can take into consideration the uh, preferences of the fan, you know, the fans are, are, are going to react in an emotional way. And, and understandably, they all just saw Heinrich Harburg play well on Saturday night and account for three touchdowns and put up 256 yards and his first start. And, you know, that's most fresh in their mind and the memory they have and the, the you know, the, 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 the experience that they've had watching Jeff Sims has been in two defeats where, He's given some things away. Um, been really difficult um, for him on the in the turnover margin, as everyone knows. 
you know, I think if he has another outing like that uh, on on even ground with Harburg, where they're playing against the same competition, and Harburg plays well, then you you may see a change. Um, I don't know if everything that's happened to this point in the eyes of the coaches warrants that, but I do think Heinrich Harburg has earned himself an opportunity. And and you know, the reality is with the injuries that Nebraska sustained to the running backs, Gabe Irvin and Nermir Johnson on Saturday night against Northern Illinois, it's more clear than ever that they're going to need both of these guys um, to step up for the next nine games. It's, it's difficult to say here on this Tuesday after that game what that role, how those roles are going to be divided. But uh, you know, I'm confident that, that both of those players, and, and probably Trevor Purdy in some way too, are going to be needed to get Nebraska through the season. Mitch, spend a minute on some of the, the progress – that you have seen with the, the the quarterback position and just Nebraska's philosophy in general with the, that that Monday through Thursday preparation, the way they've gone about practice, and how early this season how it's paid off to have guys ready. Yeah, the thing about practice that you just hear from everybody across the board um, who's who's on that field and watching and playing and and coaching is just how hard it is and, and you know, how hard they hit and uh, how physical it is. Um, you know, they're not tackling uh, backs to the ground um, in practice. Uh, they, they're, they're generally um, during a, during a game week, uh, they're, they're studying up as is the, the terminology on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and, and lighter practices on, on Sunday, Thursday and Thursday. And then, you know, Friday is more of a normal practice, uh, than what you've generally seen with the walkthrough happening on Friday. So they're they're having some added intensity on Friday, and really the walkthrough comes on Thursday. It's a different it's a different kind of setup, and you know I think one that that works well for development. Um, I wrote today about the the development that we're seeing from the third year players who are left in this program, and and because of a, a lot of the attrition that's occurred. Um, both under the old staff and then during the transition to Matt Rule, there's just there's not much. You know, they've they've lost about half of the recruiting class from the players who who were signed in 2021, and and that that's the group that to develop. That's that's the group that needs to be on track to develop right now. Players who've had a redshirt year and then another year in the program, and and they they generally start to mature and become big contributors in their third season, and. The guys who were left, and that's Heinrich Harburg and Thomas Fedoni and Mackay Bayor and um, you know Kobe Bretts. There's others in that group. Just about all of them are progressing well and developing well. So uh, you know it's early. They're only three games in, uh, and they've had one off season. But I, but I think there's positive signs, especially with that 2021 20, group of of incoming freshmen. That 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 this development thing that we've heard about so much with Matt Rule. Is in the show uh, is starting to pay dividends already, Mitch. You mentioned that twenty twenty one class, a lot of in state kids that that mm-hmm. I know you've tracked and you, mm-hmm. you've touched base with Steve Warren about and in the Warren Academy and some out of state yep. kids. But together, I mean, despite the the attrition on it, the, those that have remained what seven nine something like that seven or nine kids, one of the two. They're, yeah. They they have once they've gotten a chance they've kind of kept their nose to the grindstone and again not to 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 crown anybody but they've been 
pretty good when they've gotten their opportunity. Yeah, there's about a dozen who are left, and some of them had emerged before this year, like Teddy Prohaska mm-hmm. and Marquise Buford, who's hurt right now, and Gabe Irvin, who, of course, is hurt right now. Um, Henry Lotowski emerged as a, as a, a depth guy, a second-teamer last season. So I was, I'm looking more at the guys who had not emerged, who were not on the depth chart last year, either for injury reasons or, or because the development wasn't there. And that's where they're at about 85% in, in, in terms of uh, significant improvement that we've seen just this year. And I think some of that's just natural. And it wouldn't, you know, if, if anyone was coaching, you would see a group of third-year players, you know, they're 20, 21 years old, turning into college football contributors. But I don't think – it hasn't been at that high of a rate in the last few years. That's not the rate that we've seen uh, third-year players or, you know, second-year players. You can look at their rate of development, too. It's not the rate we've seen them uh, blossom. And, again, you know, we're not talking about a big sample size here, but uh, they are coming along, that class in particular. So will be will be important, I think, to continue to track their progress and see how guys like Fedoni and Kobe Brest and Mackay Bayor um, develop as this season goes along and what kind of an opportunity Heinrich Harburg has to be a face of, of that recruiting class. I think Marquise Buford – you know, he could come back by the end of the year. Teddy Prohaska is back now, and, and, and you know, we'll see if he works his way back into the starting lineup. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's, that, I think that's, that's a good uh, barometer for the, the, the type of development that Matt Rule and his coaching coaches have, uh, have targeted for this group, and, and you know, we'll keep watching those guys. Mitch, whenever you, you talk about development, what do you make of, of the running back group? I know you, you briefly touched on this a little bit earlier, but just in terms of these younger guys, they're going to have to step up. What are you watching for from those younger guys in the running back room? I think we'll leave Anthony Grant to the side, but, but the guys like Emmett Johnson, what are you looking for from them to see if they develop as, as their opportunity, we can assume, increases over the next couple of games? Yeah, I would, I would expect Emmett Johnson to have a learning curve. He hasn't been uh, out there on the field at running back in his Nebraska career is a redshirt freshman didn't play last year. And, and I don't think he's gotten in on, I know he hasn't gotten in on offense. I don't, I don't know that he's gotten in on special teams. Maybe he has in the first three games for a couple of snaps, but you know, essentially he's, he's making his debut when we see him. And I expect we will see him in the first half, probably against Louisiana tech. You're not going to give all of the reps to Anthony Grant. Um, and then behind him, it's, it's, it's even more unclear because Quentin Ives is a true freshman, you know, who was set for a redshirt year and may now have to step up and play the rest of the season. Um, that's not written in stone. Uh, there, there may be a walk-on, um, and, there, and there are several at the running back spot. I think Nebraska will get creative, and that's one thing that may come as a byproduct of these running back injuries is that, that Marcus Satterfield is going to be forced to be creative with some things, and, and that can go either way. You know, it can lead to some some uh, some – bad situations if you get creative and it backfires or it can lead to some big plays that open some things up and open open their eyes to a set of skills that that players have that that that, you know you may not have known if you didn't if you didn't uh push the issue and and take some risks so you know i'd like to see janiron bonner get more involved uh heard heard about a ton about him in the spring and, and he's been out there but um not really involved in handling the ball uh maybe barrett liebentritt can get a few uh, a few reps uh, where he's he's got the ball in his hands and, and some of the receivers, especially the young guys, uh, 
with their speed. I think there are ways to get the ball in, in their hands where they're not necessarily having to do all of the intricate things that are required of a more experienced receiver. You know, you could see a jet sweep. You could see more reverses. We've had a couple. We've seen a couple of those, and one worked uh, for, for a receiver, and then one didn't with Tommy Hill uh, in, in this last game. But um, they'll continue to push the envelope. I think they have to with what they've been dealt on the offensive side. Mitch, will say goodbye. What's coming up from you on The Athletic? I'm just going to continue to follow the developments of this week. You know, got some offensive stuff and some defensive stuff uh, cooking out of the uh, media availability with the coordinators today. So um, we're moving toward the uh, final non-conference game, and, and, you know, things are going to get real next week when, when we're talking Michigan. It will be real, and it could be spectacular uh, or or not. We'll see where Nebraska's at health and injury-wise and how they progress. Mitch Sherman, read him. With The Athletic, find him on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, appreciate you as always, man. Thanks for a few minutes. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. All right, there he is, Mitch Sherman. And don't forget, listen to Mitch. New podcast, The Average Joe Sports Show. I was getting there. I was getting there. (laughs) The Mitch Sherman, Bill Dolman-led podcast. Yes. We'll have more thoughts from you, more thoughts from the coordinators on the way with Hale Varsity.